session and welcome everybody this is BMP Weekly episode 184 uh, it is 24th of October 2022 it is pretty soon November so it's pretty wild how fast the time remember is remember the first of November which is more week from in a now, week pretty much yeah. yes as we're recording this now uh, this week uh, we had a visitor uh, Christian Kolodziejewski you have a better way of pronouncing it oh yes Kolodziejewski you were very close, yes. yes. You were very cool. close. Cool. cool. So she's a power platform specialist and a technical architect. Um, and also she does great, great, great guidance and videos related on UX side of the power platform. So it's really And she's an MVP. And, and she's, she's an MVP. Reason the MVP as well. Now, without too much explaining uh, what we're going to cover there, let's actually jump on the interview and, and start listening to that discussion. That was really good. We already recorded that. So I know you'll be happy watching or listening. The next minutes. <laughs> no, before we get there, uh, BMP Weekly always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365. <laughs> Super random. <laughs> With a visitors who are typically MVPs or uh, PMs from Microsoft or other Microsoft employees. And we always talk through the latest articles from community so, and Microsoft, so covering what has happened within the last week. Um, this wasn't an Ignite week or, or a massive announcement week, so we have pre- a bit less than a few weeks back when it was like, how many articles do we have here? <laughs> so, I mean, in our words, we still give you enough room to be able to catch up with all of the announcements that we've done two weeks back. So Yes, exactly, exactly, it's okay. But And then uh, on Twitter, please do hashtag BMP Weekly uh, so we know all of the good stuff what you're writing uh, because it's really, really hard otherwise to find all of the great stuff. We're trying to find and crawl the internet using the search engines uh, for the latest information, but it would help us. I, if you I thought we had our own spiders and crawlers. To we do, we do, find. we do. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I wrote that on a weekend, so absolutely. Now, uh, let's <laughs> let's jump on the interview with Christine uh, and continue from there. We'll be back for the articles after that. So, welcome, Christine, uh, joining on the BNB Weekly. Uh, now we need to be serious. We cannot no longer laugh, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> now, welcome, Christine, joining on the BNB Weekly, episode 184. Um, let's start with the basics. Uh, who are you and what do you do for living? Oh, that's a good question. That's a very difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, thanks. Thanks, Vesa. Hi, Valdek. Hi, Vesa. Absolutely amazing to be here. Um, my name is Christine Kolodejski. I work as a technical architect uh, for a company called Computer Center based in the UK. And I'm also a Microsoft MVP for business applications as of this month, uh, which is extremely exciting. Congratulations. It's a really fresh thing then. So... Is it, when did you get it? Uh, October? Uh, 1st of October. Yeah, okay. 1st of October. So, so still, still coming to terms with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it a thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, what is it? Now, let's actually start from there and then we'll come back on your career and what does that okay. mean in practice. But you, you were pretty recently, uh, I said, like three weeks ago, you got the MVP status. How, well, can you explain what is an MVP status and why would anybody be interested? Uh, why were you interested on in getting the MVP status? Were you interested even in getting were you MVP <laughs> what, what is MVP? Why yes. have I been sentenced to MVP? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, so uh, it's a good question. So MVP, and there's, there's, I guess, a lot of kind of legend and stigma around what an MVP actually is. And, and a lot of people ask, you know, how do I become one? So an MVP effectively stands for Most Valuable Professional, and uh, you are awarded MVP award for your contributions, the so technical comp- contributions and leadership to the community. So if you are an active community contributor, if you love the community, if you speak at events, uh, you write blogs, you uh, have a YouTube channel as an example, uh, you write books, whatever that might be, uh, or you support the community user forum, which um, is also very busy, uh, you might be nominated for an MVP award. Uh, now, uh, the process, the way it works is obviously you are nominated by another MVP or a Microsoft FTE, then you go through the qualification process, you have to uh, add all of your contributions, and then that's reviewed by the program managers for your respective areas. So um, it's a relatively lengthy process. Usually it can take a couple of months after you've completed the form, just because there are so many nominations. And then you, if you are awarded, you will get the award on the first of a month. Uh, so in my case, that was the first of October. Uh, it could be any given month uh, in the year. So um, that's it really. So the, the MVP is uh, for all of the contributions that you do. And I, I have had loads of messages already and, and uh, it's difficult to kind of keep uh, keep on top of the messages asking how to become one. Um, the best and easiest way to uh, become an MVP is to love the community, love what you do. And uh, if that comes along the way, perfect. Don't, don't make that your target. Uh, make that as a reward, make that your reward for, for what you do with the community. Yeah, that's so, actually really October, well. Yeah. Sorry, Malik. <laughs> yeah, so October, <laughs> October 1st came, you woke up, there was email, hey, you're an MVP. What was your first reaction and what has changed since? No, so it's it's really funny because it wasn't actually waking up. I was doing a YouTube video because it was around three o'clock in the afternoon and I have that recorded on camera as well. So I was doing the YouTube video and I was really struggling with the intro of the uh, video itself. So, you know, I just say, hi, my name is Christine. Thanks for coming to my channel. And I couldn't just get my words uh out. I don't know why, why just my brain just wasn't doing it. So I finished like the intro and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to have a quick break. And I looked at my phone and that email was there and my jaw just <laughs> dropped. I was like, what just happened? Is it real? Is <laughs> it, it was real? Just, it was just surreal, such a surreal experience. And even though obviously I knew that I had been nominated, I had completed the form, uh, it was still surreal because you don't expect until it, until yeah. it lands. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very surreal experience. I did share that on on Twitter somewhere. Someone asked me to, to see the reaction. And yeah, looking back, I'm just like, wow, like I, I, going back to that moment, it just felt so surreal. And it still feel feels really surreal uh, as well. It, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't changed i haven't got used to it just yet and i don't think i ever will to be fair <laughs> which is and, perfect yeah and yeah that's true that's true and and what was the thing what has changed what has changed within three weeks um so to be fair apart from the three letters to my title being added to loads of mvp groups uh, not yep. much has changed in the way of what i do i guess um I, I guess the beauty of of being part of the network is that you're surrounded by experts you get the support so if you need anything um if you want to feed directly to the product groups you have the ability so in terms of what i do in terms of community contributions not much has changed just because i continue doing what i do like i said i didn't i haven't been doing that for for an mvp title i have been doing it because i I love it. And I love when people watch my videos and tag me on, on LinkedIn or Twitter to say, Christine, I've just watched this. This is what I've built. What do you think? It just makes me so happy. So, so happy. 
So um, not much has changed in that case, but from the community kind of uh, or, or the MVP group uh, as a whole, uh, you are part of, of an official, obviously, MVP network. You get a lot of support, like I said. Um, you Whatever you need, you might ask it in a group chat. Someone will always be happy to help you, whether that's a technical issue, uh, I don't know, a consultancy issue, whatever that might be. There's always someone there that you're connected with. Um, obviously, you get the direct access to the product group. So if you have any specific feedback, as an example, you have the ability to be able to uh, feed that back directly to the product team and say, you know, this is what I think, this is what I think needs improving, and all of that um, as well. Um, you also get the early access to um, features, so you will be able to test features early, uh, see what's in preview and all of that as well, which again, uh, obviously it's under NDA, so we are kind of uh, like secret agents finding out everything uh, early before <laughs> before the, the rest of the world finds out sure. and, and sure. stuff. But um, aside from that, I am I'm just as happy being part of the community as I was before, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't let it kind of, I don't let it define me, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, yeah it's amazing to have the reward but i'm still doing what i really love doing you you really said as well on the on the intro already that that wasn't the end goal uh it was actually just something what you you get acknowledged for the work yeah. that you do and yeah. and that's how people should be approaching this for sure because yeah. and unfortunately we've seen some of the the people and this, this people are different and um, so it's, it's completely understandable some people had that in a checkbox we got it they dropped yeah. from the world uh but for a lot of the people they, it's just a award uh, award or acknowledgement for the yeah. work that people are doing now the younger people, uh, because Waldeck is so old, the younger people might not know this, but Waldeck was an MVP <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> yeah, everybody was it, was it was it before I was born, Waldeck? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you're 18, so yeah. <laughs> but but one thing what has changed actually from a historical perspective, we, we are kind of a dinosaur, so we always go back in history and learn from those things. But yourself. at some point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> at, at some point, uh, the MVP award was a yearly thing. So it wasn't actually a monthly thing. And then it got adjusted. Wasn't it, Waldeck? Or was it a half a year? Well, so you were, you were, no. So you would be um, awarded quarterly and you would be renewed annually. So, so, okay. so the renewal didn't change, but the nomination was every three, three months. Yeah. So that is yeah. just kind of a different thing, but. Now we celebrate the new MVPs in every single month if there are but, but I mean like candidates. that is just that that is just the mechanics. I think the other things that has changed, and I think that that is even for the better, is that I used to be an MVP where with an area you would be able to get into a room, you would get get all of the MVPs within the area, and you would be able to tell who is who. You you knew them because the group was so small. And over the cor course of years, that uh, group grew, right? So I recall last summit that i was at in person was four years back or or three or four and i got to do to the room at the summit which was the annual get get together of all mvps in person in redmond and i was in a room with mvps related to m365 and i was like i know this part of the room i don't know everybody else yep. <laughs> right and i'm and i mean in a way it only proves how broad it really is, how varied it is, how people can do different things. You can be active in your local regional thing and we've we've never met. I never heard of you and you're 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 an MVP and you're equally, you know, meaningful working towards 
empowering others, right? So it's, it was really awesome, some signal to, to see in practice how program evolved o- over the course of, of years. And I think nowadays it's even more the case, right? Because if there's one thing that we see is that every single month there are new MVPs, new folks who are passionate about their work that they do in community and basically helping others, right? Sharing their experience and not expecting anything in return. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. It is. And in such a large group, I think we have around 3000 MVPs from all categories right now. And yeah, like you say, a lot of them, you know, especially in your categories, if you work in business applications, chances are you will know most of them. Uh, But if you look at uh, Azure as an example or M365 development as an example, uh, I I do know obviously a couple and obviously Louise and then Yannick, uh, a couple of them. But when you look at them, because you don't work in that space primarily, you will not necessarily have met them and, and they may have in the biggest star of, of the entire community in, in that space. So, no, it's, it's fascinating. And I, it's always nice to see people and speak to people as well from, from the community too. I think it's nice to see the passion and, and, and what drives them. And it's, yeah, it is amazing. It's, it's all about the community in here. Sure. There, was, there was another thing, thing I wanted to ask, because if, if I think back to the time when I became an MVP or even the year before that, I would look up the folks who were MVPs. Yes, exactly. It's been <laughs> 84 years. Right? I would look up to folks who were an MVP, kind of like, like, you know, being my idols, my heroes. Yeah. Did you have exactly the same thing? And then, like, you, you, you got to meet some of them in person, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm, I'm meeting her, him or her. And now you are on the receiving end of the stick. Yeah, no, do you know what? It's really funny you say that. So I've met so many MVPs that have been my ideals for for a couple of years and uh, especially at the Florida conference in uh, last month, um, I met people that I have been following for absolute ages, like Youth Festival Asylum, as an example. Uh, I had the pleasure to meet, obviously, April, but I had the pleasure to meet her in um, June at the Scottish Summit this year. So that was the second time I met her. And April is an absolute queen of the power platform. You know, to me, she's she's the one and only uh, queen of the power platform. And I'm so happy she's uh, she's in the role she's now. Um, Daniel Christian, as an example, I've been following Dan for such a long time. Uh, it was so amazing to meet him in person. And so many others. I mean, I could just name them like Todd Baginsky, um, pretty much anyone that I've been following I have met. Uh, I have met a lot of the UK ones as well. And yeah, it is just such a surreal experience, I guess. And I do have a funny story from last year. So um, in our kind of UK business applications uh, group, we have an MVP that specializes in Power Automate. He's like the king of Power Automate, Paul Morana. Um, if you're watching this, Paul, hi. <laughs> so last year I was at the South Coast Summit in Southampton and I was standing by the lifts at the by the elevators at the uh, venue and this man comes comes up to me well not to me comes up to the lift and standing in front of me and I'm just standing there and I have a very poor eyesight when I haven't got my glasses on so I'm standing there looking and thinking I recognize him from somewhere who, oh my god oh my god, who oh my god. Is <laughs> it? so I I grabbed my phone quickly to check YouTube to see like do I recognize him from somewhere and then it clicked it was Paul and I just went hey, Paul and he went, he, he looked really scared. He was like, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I was like, oh, my God, Paul, I love your work. I follow you on YouTube. And yeah, he, he looked very scared. He looked very scared. <laughs> but yeah, we are, we are really, really good friends now. It was really funny. And actually, at the time, I realized why it could have freaked him out because I was like, I was ecstatic. I was having a fangirl moment. I was like, oh, you're Paul. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um. 
Yeah, and to be fair, that hasn't changed. Like when I see people, like I said, that I've been following for such a long time, it's just, I think it's because you you obviously build a picture of what they are like in person when you meet them. And they, I've never been disappointed. I mean, Geetha, April are just amazing. Like they're just amazing people, genuinely lovely people, very supportive and yeah, just wonderful. Uh, and then you have people like Donna Saka, um, just everyone else, just everyone I've met has been amazing. I haven't met one person that has been, hasn't been bad. But just going back to that question, Baldic, it's really weird to be on the receiving end of that as well. Because yeah. I, um, obviously I forgot, I forgot one of my favourite MVPs as well, Sorry, if you're watching this, Scott Duro, you know, I love you. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I completely forgot that. And I actually met him last month as well. I'm so sorry, Scott. I am so sorry. Don't delete the XRM Toolbox episode we did together, please. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so last month when I went to Florida, uh, I was at the receiving end of that as well. So I had people coming up to me uh, like, oh, my God, Christine, I love your work. Uh, can I have a selfie? And I I was not used to it like, at all. Like yeah. it happened a couple of times oh, yeah. in Scotland at the Scottish Summit. It, but I never had that. And when I was on the plane to Florida, the guys that were sitting next to me, one of them said, oh, Christine, are you Christine? I was like, yeah. And he said, oh, we're coming to your session. We follow your blog. I was like, that is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is just so strange. Now you but have fans. My, yeah. But then in my head, I was thinking, wow, so these people are sitting next to me. If you're watching this, I'm sorry. I was thinking I need to be nice all the time. So I was scared to fall asleep. And at one point, I fell asleep. And I just could feel like it was all coming out. And I was like, if I, if I see this picture on LinkedIn, if I see. So, yeah, it's not me. But um, no, it's really nice to be on that receiving end. And, and when people come over and say, you know, um, I love your work and all of that, you know, I've, it's changed the way I do things. It really makes me happy. And, and my session at the uh, conference was completely packed out. Um, last week at the Southampton conference, uh, people were literally sitting on the carpet. There was just nowhere to sit down at all. People were queuing outside. It's just, it's an amazing feeling. And I think it's people that come over to you after the session to say, you know, I love your work and do that is what really motivates you to continue doing what sure. you're doing. And sure. yeah, I love it. I love that feeling. I think, I think coming back on, for example, Paul's reaction on, on you having yeah. that fun moment. A lot of the people <laughs> in this area are also, or have, are having an imposter syndrome. And a lot of people are basically doing this for the passion of sharing rather than yeah. being really the superstar or whatever. And that, yeah. that, that is the moment when you're like, why are you talking to me? Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why am I, what? <laughs> I'm just like, what makes me so special? Yeah, yeah exactly. what makes me so special? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is it it is really, of course, that provides a lot of energy and and, and yeah. positive energy for keep going, continuing on sharing and and continuing to work. So yeah. really, really good. Now coming back on that session, and I mentioned that you your 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 session have been now fully packed. Can you talk about a bit of yours? What is the specialty? Of course, I know and Waldek knows, um, but uh, yeah. I did. I, you don't. <laughs> I need to learn. So, and I know that you, of course, the YouTube channel is is growing a lot of subscribers as well, and and you focus on certain specific areas. What what is what is that? I don't even know. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, like Waldek says, I don't know. If Waldek doesn't know, I don't know either. <laughs> Um, no, so I primarily focus on user interfaces and user experience. So um, although I do a lot of technical stuff and I have some more stuff coming onto my channel, I primarily it's been around kind of user interfaces. So really taking your mobile applications and then generally Canvas apps as a whole to a brand new level. Now, as end users, obviously we're used to applications looking a certain way, whether that's a web application or a mobile application. And uh, there's a little bit, I guess, of a legend that Canvas apps have to look ugly. I have to be very political 
politically correct here now. <laughs> Stepping on very thin ice. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> You're in a tunnel. Out. So cut you're breaking up. Andrew, if you're watching this, cut it out. <laughs> so obviously there's that legend. And I, I think the, the difficulty, I guess, that we have is that majority of people that work with Canvas apps specifically come from non-development backgrounds as well. I mean, I didn't do a degree in development either. I'm very open about it. But I learned along the way. So people come and build applications, but they don't think about things like user interface. They don't think of accessibility. They don't think of experience because in their minds, they just want to solve a business problem. That's the key key area. Now, that's perfectly fine. But as you start building applications that will accommodate enterprises, as an example, like I said, users will have a certain expectation. So if you're going to try and convince a client or your internal business to buy Power Apps licenses, as an example, and you build an application that does the job, but it looks ugly, they will likely go to the App Store or they will look, at, look somewhere else to see what else is available to make your users happy. Now, as users, we are quite basic and then people will disagree with that. But our brains work in a very specific way. So as long as you don't have a cognitive impairment or a visual impairment, 90% of what we see is processed by the brain. Now, if you look at a podcast as an example, only around 40% of what we hear is processed by the brain and only around 30% of what we read is processed by the brain. So naturally, the visual aspect is very important. And I do have this saying that I used to, you, you, I'm sure you've heard, don't judge a book by its cover. I usually say, don't judge an app by its UI. And it's, 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 it's key because we, you know, at the first glance, when you look at an application, if it looks nice, if it has a little bit of animation, if it has company branding, as an example, which creates that emotional attachment, naturally users will be more interested in, in the application itself. And as a customer, or if you work as a consultant in pre-sales, it is much easier to sell an application that looks good, but doesn't necessarily work as well in the demo stages than it is to sell an application that's technically able, but doesn't look quite as nice as it should. So that's my kind of area of expertise. I love doing it. I love pushing apps to another level. Um, I find it really fascinating. And like I said, because I think the most fascinating part about it is because it's it's so much more tricky trying to make an application in Canvas apps look nice than it is in traditional development. You're having to find workarounds to do what you want to achieve. And I think that's the fun part uh, about it as well, because with CSS, it's it's very easy to make something beautiful. But with Canvas apps, you only have inline CSS, and then you have SVGs, and then you have to try and solve these logical issues uh, of trying to make something look good. So, no, I absolutely love it. You mentioned that it's easy to make something look Nice. Thank I you. bet you haven't seen me trying to send her a div on a page. It's easy for some people to make them look nice. So, <laughs> yeah, center the div. I don't. Why isn't it alignment uh, yeah. center? What? Space, wow. space, 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 space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's actually. Aligned. If you want to build nicer apps, I am hosting a UI and UX in a day session next month, no, next month, in December. So if you want to join that, uh, you're more welcome to join that as well. <laughs> really definitely. good, really good. So definitely. And now, wouldn't, I'm, I'm going to ask this question because it's it's actually kind of understandable that the yes. question what somebody might be asking as well. <laughs> Shouldn't the product make the buttons and everything nice? So why why do we need to have so much work on the on the on top of just clicking the button true isn't Ooh. wouldn't there be a way of making this easier now now you've asked this the product team will be watching this the power cat team will be watching it ryan will be watching careful, it and careful. thinking and thinking christine you better be careful what you say now yeah, <laughs> pilot for yeah. power apps to make them <laughs> whack whack make it look nice yeah <laughs> 
And but the, it is a question what people might be thinking, yeah, and it's a good no, thing to I, address that. So yeah, absolutely. And I have actually had a few comments, especially from the MVP uh, MVP community, to say uh, on my post to say, Christine, this looks amazing. This is what apps should look like out of the box. We ju- we shouldn't have to go to that level to be able yeah. to achieve that. And I do agree to 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 some extent as well. I think it would be much nicer and easier if you could have that out of the box. There's still some, I guess, UI and UX knowledge that you have to know and have the basics to know how to align things and all of that but to have modern controls would make life definitely a lot easier now i know that the powercat team and the experiences team are working really hard on on building something to incorporate that obviously we have the creator kit now which looks uh, awesome it's a fluent ui design as well um but um yeah, hopefully we will see the kind of evolution of the product uh, in, the, yeah. in the upcoming years, I guess. I mean, we've seen we've seen it grow so much in the last couple of years. I mean, I've only been working with Power Apps for three years now, and I have seen a massive difference in what it is now compared to three years ago. So I Absolutely. can only imagine what's going to what it's going to look like uh, in the next couple of years. And I'd love to collaborate with the product design team to see if if I can help in any way uh, as well. Uh, hit me up. Product design team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two points. So, so it's yeah. not quite. It's not super rare that you, you as a community member, get to be an MVP, and then somebody recruits you to work in a Microsoft. It has happened. Like we take a good example while they're in this call. So, um, I wasn't an MVP. So I, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't exactly. know how I got in, but you know, you were twenty so. million other things though. <laughs> <laughs> MCM, MCPD, MC, and ACDC. ACDC, yes. everything, yeah. But yeah, and one thing what I want to just call out there from what you were saying, that it's also the realities of resources. So yes, the product and the power platform has evolved and power apps has evolved so much throughout the years, but then there's always the, every single product has to make certain maturity steps and, 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 every single adjustments and improvement requires resources. So sooner or later, of course, it's going to be part of the product. The question is just one step at a time where we need to get the maturity yeah, on the right, exactly. right level. Exactly. So. And we have we have seen so many new features coming out as well that obviously we we know there's a lot of work going on in the background. We obviously have the yeah. Microsoft designer coming out. I'm, I'm so excited to put my hands on that's that. Really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, we have had obviously the Power Pages evolution as well. And I'm actually going to be working a bit on the Power Pages as well. Uh, so yeah, we've had so many new features that we really can't complain as a community that, yeah. you know, a button doesn't look quite look the way we want it just yet. It, yeah. It's definitely going to come at some point. True. Yeah, True. and I guess also on the flip, yes, it doesn't. It might not look the way you want it to, but yeah. you you have the ability to change that, and that that is already the first step towards. Well, it isn't lock. It isn't like I don't know if you ever got to build apps on um, Java. Yeah, you know, like, no, hey, I have like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, like it was really cool. Like, hey, you write the code once and it works everywhere, but it looks ugly yeah. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here you, you can change things, right? So yeah, yeah yes. exactly. And the th- the thing is, if you look at traditional developments, if you look at let's say web development, you never get the ability to just drag and drop a nice button onto the True. screen. You have to write the CSS yourself. So uh, we should still to some we are still to some ex- I guess extent spoiled by what we get out of the box with the drag and drop interface. And yeah, hope the product yes. team is watching it. And 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 yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll probably get the themings <laughs> and UX theming and <laughs> yeah. all of that with the different options coming at yeah. some point people yeah, support 
co-creating okay. their own <clears throat> themes and all yeah, of that stuff. So it, it's it's one of the natural evolution of a product. We've seen this exactly. in the past with other products as well. So it's yeah, just absolutely. absolutely. One step at a time. Uh, it's yeah. just the patience is so hard. It is yeah. so hard, even though it's a good song by Guns N' Roses. Yeah, so. yeah. especially with a, an exciting product like Power Apps as well, I yes. think, because it's such an exciting product that anyone can start with. I think that's why we become very impatient because we, we just want it to be even more perfect than it already is out of the box. Yes. And um, yeah, I sound like a salesperson now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, that is an interesting part, part because uh, recently you had a few ar- few articles about the neumorphism, right? Oh, yes. About yeah. the new, new UI that is kind of, yeah. um, what's the, the right way to say it, that is popular nowadays? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What resources do you use to stay up to date? Like because that's like in a way it reminds me a lot of uh, of fashion, right? Like yeah. where there are trends, we learn yeah. things, but things evolve all the time. So what yeah. resources do you stay do you use to a stay on top of what's new, what's coming, what's uh, trending, and b yeah. any tips you could share with folks who wanna build better looking apps. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, like I say, you have to stay on top of the trends all the time. Like I said, it's like fashion, uh, you know, something that looked nice 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago, you know, in web development, when when it first started, we had like the gradient Link, buttons. Marquee, yeah, with like 10, 10 gradients on one button so you could even read the yeah. text on it. That was very popular and stuff. And obviously, if you try to do that now, people would literally laugh uh, at, at that kind of design. Apologies if anyone likes that, by the way. So, <laughs> Um, you no judging that, at all. That's, yeah, no judging at all. Um, so it obviously evolves very, uh, very fast. So uh, one of I, I have a favorite designer that I follow who actually created the new morphism trend, who created the glass morphism trend that I follow, uh, and he's actually Polish as well. There's no bias, I promise. There, um, he's called he's called Michał Malevich, and I will drop the handle uh, to you guys as well. So hopefully yep. we can share that in the description box below. He has a yep. YouTube channel. He has loads of uh, content on his YouTube uh, and stuff. And he has loads of free tools that you can use as well to create things like new morphism, as an example, uh, without having to write a single line of code, um, let's say. Um, I follow a lot of uh, online articles. Like I said, I, I follow loads of magazines that are focusing on user experience and user design. And then one of the other kind of places where I search for inspiration is dribble.com, uh, dribble with a triple B. Um, that's like a proper UI UX uh, page where you can see how professional developers or professional um, designers have approached a specific application use case or a problem and um, try and replicate that in Power Apps. Now, you might not necessarily always be able to do that just because of the limitations that we do get in Power Apps with inline CSS, but you might be able to get some inspiration on how to align text, how to lay out a specific use case as an example to make it much better for, for your um, end users. You also have the, obviously, CodePen.io. Again, I'll drop the links in um, to you guys later on. Um, CodePen.io allows you to actually see the source code for a specific, let's say, a navigation menu or an icon and see how a developer approached that um, as well. And then I also have one more channel. I completely forgot his name. Uh, well, his name channel's name is Gary, but I can't remember his uh, name. I'll drop it in the chat. He's a professional UI and UX designer and professional developer as well. And one of the series that he does on his channel is people submit their 
uh, website portfolios and he judges them on the live stream uh, to tell them what he thinks and what he aligned. And not only he judges them, but he actually opens the console app, changes a few things to show them how they should do something differently. And then he scores them. And, and you really, I guess, by following how people, uh, I guess, flag up things, you really learn a lot more than just reading a theory on something as sure. an example. So, um, yeah, so these are my inspiration. And that's what kind of, I guess, um, made me go for uh, obviously delivering and creating the content for the UI and UX in a day session, um, just because we haven't had something like that in a community before. And sure. it will be really focused on kind of fundamentals of UI and UX, SVG, HTML, CSS, really help any business maker or, or app maker, whoever that might be that's working with the platform, get started on, on some pro dev stuff and then really accelerate the journey uh, a little bit yeah. more. You you actually mentioned there a really interesting thing which popped in my head, which I was super like excited. The SVG uh, being an SVG specialist because SVGs they're actually surprisingly flexible because yeah. you can basically draw pictures by using a text, which gives you then the opportunity of doing animations and all of that. And you've done a few yeah. of those sessions as well, and yeah. and that brings a lot of lot of additional opportunities for. Yeah. UX design. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think I think the beauty of SVGs as well is that uh, obviously they are very low in weight. So if you add them to an application, you you are looking like two pixels, to, uh, sorry, two uh, kilobytes, three kilobytes. You're not looking at let's say half a meg as an example when you're adding an image. So, and like I said, it's flexible. You can uh, animate it all you want. And I guess SVGs can be a little bit tricky when you look at them for the first time because you have all of this text in there and you're kind of trying to understand how they're structured. Um, but I am trying to kind of simplify it as much as I can for, for anyone to, to to understand what's going on there. Now, one thing what we haven't touched, and I know that we're yeah. a bit of a running out of time soon. That's fine. I've got all the time for you guys. <laughs> okay. Really good discussion and interesting discussion. But something what we promised to come back is okay. is is also your work. Um, so we now talked about the contributions, your passion, uh, YouTube channel, all of that stuff. But what are you? What is the technical architect role in Power Platform? So what are you? What is that? Um, what do you actually do? What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So uh, I work primarily with really large enterprise customers. So uh, usually they are kind of household names that we work with. Uh, we're quite a large company and it can be anything. So it could be from a pre-sales conversation with a customer to see what they are looking to do, as an example, uh, or they are planning to start the journey with a power platform. It could be a customer that's already got uh, tens of thousands of applications and they are looking to implement some governance, as an example. Uh, it could be a customer that will come to you and have a very specific use case uh, and want you to build it. And a lot of the time that will be a very complex application with loads of API integration, uh, sometimes things like plugins, uh, loads of JavaScript if we're doing model-driven applications as well. Uh, so it really is varied. Uh, a lot of it is supporting the team as well. So we do have quite a few junior people in the team. Some of them have literally just come out of university um, as well. So it's really about supporting the team, uh, supporting the pre-sales function and, and, and getting hands-on. Now, I do love being hands-on, which is probably why why I love doing my blog and YouTube as well, because that gives me the ability to, to still nerd out and geek out and, and do some of the things that I probably wouldn't necessarily do now that I would, well, you know, give to, to a slightly more junior member of, of staff or, or someone else, depending on, on the resource. So, um, yeah, it's a very varied role. It's it's awesome. And I guess the community work outside of work and YouTube channel really kind of motivate me uh, as well to, to learn more, uh, I guess, as well. Because, yeah, I think that's one thing that people don't necessarily mention a lot the time and I've seen Matt Devaney say that before is that 
he actually jokes that he writes the blog because he forgets a lot so he can then go back yeah, yeah. to his blog and see what he posted about yeah. and actually yeah. I do that too because <laughs> sometimes you will nerd out on an on a problem and stuff and you it will be a very kind of specific use case and then you'll forget how I did that and then yeah. you want to come back to that and and think you know how, how did I do that back then so yeah or or you go to the Google and try this research and you're like, oh, this yeah, looks interesting. Oh, this is, oh, it's mine. Oh, oh what? Oh, yeah. so that has happened Who to me as well. So. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, my blog died when they killed the MSDM blogs and I haven't actually oh, been no. uh, had time to do things. It's okay. It's okay. But it, I, I, funny anecdote. It was time. Just, it, was, it was time, it right? Was time. <laughs> I remember related on that blog, which is a bit of a bit. There was a one one super long story related on early SharePoint technical things, web templates and how they're being built. And I, I was in this large project with a large customer, with a large consulting consulting company as well in charge and I was brought in to make sure that everything is being built properly um, and we have this discussion and blah 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 and debate and then all of a sudden the person says yeah but this Vesa guy in his blog he says this and I'm like oh, no. oh this is gonna be fun <laughs> guess what I'm that person yeah oh my no. god <laughs> it's really funny it's and I have yeah I have actually had I have had a couple of customers say that to me over the last couple of weeks. So when I've, when I've met a new customer, they would, uh, and actually I have a funny story a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a customer and they were looking for some sense of excellence stuff. And I, uh, I was asking him questions and he was very shy. <laughs> and he, he, at one point he said, Christina, I am so sorry. I just follow all your blogs and I'm just so starstruck. Like, I'm just scared that you will judge me for what I'm saying. And I was just like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I am going to judge you. Yeah, <laughs> I won't judge you now. I will judge you later. No, I'm kidding. But I was like, it's okay. Like, I, just because I have an MVP title and I think that's what people sometimes forget doesn't mean I know everything. A lot of yeah. the time, I'll have to go back, research a little bit more, and and I think it's good to stay humble and realize that you know yes. we do have a lot to yeah. learn, uh, regardless of where you are, your journey, um, absolutely, in, in your career. Absolutely, that's actually great ending line uh, for the for the interview because from a, we, we need to keep this in a certain time frame uh, so it, we will certainly catch you back on the show uh, sooner or later this was really fun thank you, thank you Christine uh, really good to catch up and get to know a bit of a background and uh, which is really the main purpose of uh, of these discussions as well because again as we know a bit more about the people it's more easier to come to talk to and we can more easily say that hey those dogs I or, or <laughs> your lovely dog which yeah. isn't now visible in the background he's, but um he's just there. Just there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's big he's he's massive i can bring him to the screen if you want me to show him <laughs> if, if he's not in a sleep right. uh, why give not me, give actually. me one yeah. second give yeah, me yeah, one second <laughs> <laughs> you will get to see a dog yes some no, say no. Oh, he's, he's coming right three two one and drum roll. There we go. Hi. <laughs> say hi. I've just, just woken him up. Yeah, uh, clearly. Uh, hi, community. <laughs> That's really really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's he's massive. He's so yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and he's still a puppy, by the way, or yeah, he's he's only eight months now, so he's still a little puppy, little puppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little puppy. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> good, but thank you, Christine. A really no awesome worries. discussion, um, and and good to have you on the show. As said, we'll catch you back at some point uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's it's good to have a discussion uh, like mm -hmm. within the six months or whatever where people are where where we are heading at that point. But yeah. thank you for joining. Uh, really lovely discussion. No, thank, thank you, you so much for having me. I mean, I've watched so many episodes, so it's been amazing to actually be on the other side of the show as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you so much for thank the you. invite. <laughs> Thanks, Christine. Cheers. Thank you. And here we go. Thank you, Christine. Really, really cool to catch up as well. Uh, we did see you. Um, I, I did saw you also in Orlando. Um, I was kind of a visitor in the Power Platform Conference a few weeks back. So it was really good to see a lot of familiar faces on there as well. So really, really cool. Now let's jump. Then do the weekly articles and, and latest news from Microsoft and also from the community. So let me share my screen. And let's what do we this have one. this week? What do we what have we, this week? What do we have this week? So first of all, um, there's a, a good blog post uh, from Mark Cashman on the upcoming European SharePoint conference, uh, ESPC 2.2. Um, it's expected to be quite big. Uh, we're talking about the thousands of people uh, attending this in-person conference. Um, and there will be a lot of Microsoft uh, people there as well. So Jeff Tipper has a keynote. Um, there's a additional set of events and PMs and uh, presenters from Microsoft side, but also MVPs and community presenters, which is really, really cool. Um, so it seems to be a really great event. Um, it is actually a familiar venue. We've been two times with the ESPC already in this venue uh, in Copenhagen, and it, from a location perspective, it's really, really good. So looking into, looking forward on having this discussion. And apparently I'm talking here as well. Yes, I am. Oh, yes, this guy. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, hopefully you can make it really good summary on what has actually what's happening and what is the plan and ESPC. It's really very good stuff. Ooh. Now, moving on the developer side because we didn't have that much other news on the non-development side or platform side. We are going to have a 30 days of craft challenge happening in November. What is this? What they call exactly? So this coming November, we will have 30 days of Microsoft Graph, right? And it's all about helping you to learn. What is Microsoft Graph? Why would you care? What you can do with that? Helping you go from zero to hero within 30 days with exciting um, challenges, assignments, projects. And while it's focusing on students, it's really for everybody. Like you can, like if you have a dev tenant, you can tune in and pick up on a thing or two you want to do and give it a try. Because it's if you work with a company that is on Microsoft 365 or you build on or you use Microsoft 365 yourself or you build apps, you work with, with an ISV, this is a really great way for you to be able to use your existing skills and build apps for Microsoft 365. So yep. stay, stay tuned for more info and book some time off in your calendar in November. Really, really cool stuff uh, for sure. Uh, we also had an update from a SharePoint team uh, around how to prevent struggling in your application by using the rate limit headers in SharePoint Online. And this is something new, which is available uh, or updated guidance related on the API hits, and it's available in the Craft and CSM and REST APIs. So rather than just dealing with 429s and 503s, um, you actually will have an additional level of information uh, when the service or is under a high stress so so that you know how to back out and then you can again start pushing in more into APIs level so this um, is really cool why is throttling even happening well 
throttling is there to handle, for example, the denial of service attacks, um, because um, the denial of service attack, everybody knows how it, what it is and how it works. Baltek, explain. Yes, that's how gets too many emails and he has no time to reply to them all. And that's actually a good clarification on how the <laughs> denial of service works. <laughs> that's pretty normal status. But yeah, that's precisely the thing. So, and, and, and the throttling is basically there to make sure that um, the service will be operational and available for, uh, for other customers as well. And the throttling is as expected. It will happen uh, in all of the services, not just in, within Microsoft services, to safeguard the service itself. So, and there are guidance how to deal with that. So, and that this is basically an update on that guidance, and 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 also a demo solution which can use to test out things. Now, the second thing uh, from a SharePoint team was also the removal of SP Home APIs from SharePoint Online. So, just to be super clear, and these are undocumented and not supported APIs which been existing in a SharePoint Home. But as our community is pretty clever, uh, we know that some, at least some points, started testing that what if we would actually hit these APIs and what do we get out of them and, and what if we reduce them in our custom extensibility. These APIs are now going to go away. So you need to, if you take in this dependency on unsupported and non-documented API, you might want to have a look on the code uh, to get rid of it so that you're not impacted. Good. Um, then we had five ways to boost your collaborative app development. From exactly. Karras. So a new article from uh, the marketing team at Microsoft, and it's all about everybody or many folks use Teams in their everyday's work. But what many folks don't realize is that you can extend Teams with apps. These can be apps that help you, that makes it easier for you to read links that folks share on Teams, or these can be also apps that bring some of the business processes that you have into Teams. So imagine that Vesa and I are in the chat and we talk about upcoming orders or upcoming event and info about that event is elsewhere because we have a system to manage that, to track that, to organize it and so forth and so on. Well, now we need to go back to that other app, find the thing there and suddenly we kind of lose the context of our thread. So we could build an app that allows us to connect to this other system and bring all the info that we need into Teams. So it's all about the ability for you to extend Teams with apps, and why is it so important? Why, what, what is the benefit for users, for your company, for the IT, from the governance monitoring, user experience point of view, and so forth and so on. So this is, if you haven't heard about it yet, this is a really great way for you to get the overview about why is it interesting for you to look into using apps in Microsoft Teams. Absolutely, really cool blog post as well. Not just technology, but also the background uh, information, which is important to understand. Now, uh, Rabia Williams had a uh, also a blog post on recapping some of the highlights from the Microsoft Teams app builder. So basically, key pointers from Ignite, so extending apps to Office and Android, so that now works in the mobile. Link on Furling uh, is in public preview in Outlook, which is pretty, really cool, in Outlook Web and Outlook in Windows. And that means that you can more efficiently send the messages which have actually operational behavior in them. Uh, so you don't have to necessarily open an application to go there to do the operation. You can directly do that in here. Uh, SharePoint Framework Solutions are now in Outlook and in Office. Uh, there's a public preview, which is really, really cool as well. Same code, 
which is running in SharePoint can be now executed without any code changes in Microsoft Teams, Outlook, or Office.com. And of course, you can get access on the API surfaces on the specific service, which is really, really cool. And then Teams Toolkit General Availability for Visual Studio um, IDE. Really, really cool stuff. So thank you, Rabia, yeah. on that summary from Bill. Uh, not Build. This was Ignite. Build is in Yeah. Create <laughs> <laughs> Build. Coming Build. <laughs> Cool. Then we had an update from the Power Apps side. This is actually really interesting as well. Yeah. So in Power Apps, we introduce a, a preview of new feature that allows you to find people within your own org who knows more about Power Apps. So imagine you're building a Power App and you are not an expert. You begin and you want to ask something about like, hey, how do I do X in Power Apps? Well, you could go to internet and find an expert there. Maybe you don't want to do it because it's kind of internal info and you don't want to share everybody. With this, this um, feature, you have, you, you have the ability to find experts who are skilled in Power Apps within your own org. So folks can volunteer to uh, sign up as, hey, I know a few things about, about Power Apps. I'd like to help others within my own org who are building uh, apps. Right, and with that, you will be able to find kind of kind of have this match make match maker algorithm ability in your own org, right? So you can yep. find expert in your own org who will then be able to help you. Yep, really really cool, nice feature actually in the in the product as well. The good level of thinking of of kind of even introducing yeah. this kind of a feature, so making it easy for people to connect and find the help for as they're building stuff. So really really cool stuff. Now, we also had an update on the independent publisher connectors, uh, September 2022, uh, uh, or what has been released in 2022 in September. September. Uh, English, English, hard, 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 reload. Now, September um, 2022, it's correct. <laughs> I don't anyway, know listing all of the different independent connectors uh, which have been released uh, within the September, we do have a specific program where we help uh, developers to actually build these and the connectors are, are those which are being then exposed in the Power Platform to get the API connectivity into work. So really, really cool to see 10 new contributions. And Troy Taylor has been, again, really, really busy um, in many, many, many APIs uh, in here. So thank you, Troy, also as well. Now, ACE had a blog post in the platform community blog around SPFX and React hooks. Exactly. So if you build on React, since a little bit now, you have the ability to use React hooks. And in his article, AC goes about the, the concept of what is a React hook? What would you change? How does it work? How does it fit into building on SPFX? Because like one thing is to use React just the way they are in a React app. But it's another thing to make them fit into an SPFX web part because React has to tie in into the life cycle of the web part. So in this article, if you're interested in that, in this article, you will learn exactly how to go about it. Cool. Really, really cool. Thank you, AC, on that. Then, uh, Waldeck, you had a blog post around show upcoming meetings for Microsoft 365 user. Exactly. So when you build on Microsoft 365, when you use the Microsoft Graph to tie into the data and insights that users store on Microsoft 365, one of the common scenario is to show upcoming meetings for a user. And sure, you can see it in Outlook, but what if you're building a work app and you want to integrate that info in your app? How would you go about it? 
right? So this is a short tutorial. It's under 10 minutes that takes you step by step from all the way from creating a new AAD app, registering your app on the Microsoft Cloud to having a working app that reaches out to the calendar of the user who signs into the app, retrieves the, the upcoming meetings for from now on until the rest of the day and shows them in your app. It doesn't seem like much, but during the process, you will learn the most important things, the basics really of how you uh, set up auth, connect to graph, connect to Microsoft 365, uh, get a sliding window of uh, the calendar, right? So like really the basics that, that you need to build things that are more complex. Really cool stuff. Thank you for that. Then Dan, 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 Oh, it's Dan Wallin. So there we go. How to use use Power Automate to retrieve data from Azure Function for reporting and really cool, quite typical scenario as you would integrate your Power Automate to your business or line of business information. So how would you get that in the in the Power Automate? Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Dan, on that. Then we had a blog post uh, from Peter Venstra related on a new format data by examples uh, in Power Automate. What is this all about, Valdek? Exactly. So it's kind of AI-infused way. You get the data, then you want to do some. You want to show it, show it in your app, right? Like, how do you do it? Well, typically, you will probably need to find out a pattern and how to match it and make it in a human-readable way. Well, in this uh, approach, you can kind of flip it around and say like, hey, this is an example of what I want to show. AI, find a way to format this into that. I don't know how, but this is this is the example of what I want to see. Yep. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and it's cool to see more and more this kind of artificial intelligence ways of doing these things so that somehow magically something is offering you the answer. So really, really cool stuff. Now, Mark D. Anderson. Uh, Mark, by the way, you need to fix your blog post. Um, <laughs> Directly linking on article uh, will have a rendering issue, at least in Edge, uh, because it's getting squeezed. But he had a blog post here related on uh, using content types in SharePoint site pages library. And the title, unfortunately, is not visible until Mark can get this fixed. But this is a good good storyline related on the content types and why they are important. Um, and they are actually the backbone of anything data within a SharePoint um, for search and so on. So where really could good uh, information to get shared uh, for the community as well. Now, then uh, Daniel and Daryl had an updated uh, message sent this show, episode 258, uh, which is, again, listing all of the latest things um, on a weekly basis, what's actually happening and what's coming. So how do they know this? Well, like, how would they? What is uh, they use the secret thing. They use the secret thing, which isn't really secret. It's available <laughs> for every admin of every Microsoft 365 tenant, which which is basically a summary list of what's coming, what's announced, and from there you can get more info about what features are about to become available in your tenant, so that you can communicate that in your org. And here on the show, they go through. What what's new? What's changed? What's uh, um, coming to help everybody understand what it is exactly? Because so, sometimes we're very brief about things, and people might have additional things that that they want to know, right? So this yep. is a great show to learn what's coming, what you can expect, and what kind of impact you might want you you might expect from that on your uh, tenant. 
apparently this is not then out yet. So that's actually interesting to know this Outlook reaction to email messages, because in general, we've been having this for a quite a while already, which is actually kind of convenient because people are so used to do social media uh, so that you get a nice email. You want to just react and basically celebrate the email or do something. And, and it's actually nice to have that reaction uh, yeah. in email. Sounds almost like, why do you need to have that in emails as well? But it, actually, it, it is good. So you don't reply back plus one or whatever. You can just thumbs up. So. Yeah, exactly. Good. Um, now, few videos. Um, so, Julie, uh, Julie Turner had a video in AC's Avoitano's channel around React hooks, class component versus functional components, and opinions when and where to use them. Uh, there's a lot of strong opinions related on <laughs> the different approaches, what you can do, what's right and what's wrong. It's a matter of preference as well. So, I would never say it's things are not black and white, but of course, we are entitled to our own strong opinions as well. So a uh, good, good uh, 37 minute uh, video related on the different options and going through the different scenarios. Now, Paolo Pialorzi and Piazza Spectante, um they had a new <laughs> video around extending Azure AD objects with Microsoft Craft and directory extensions. So basically adding additional attributes. And can you clarify, Walter, one more time? What, why would I direct? What? What? What am I? What am I? Well, it gives you the ability to store additional info on the objects that are stored in AAD. So you can store additional info about users, about groups, administrative units, applications, devices, orgs, right? So yep. if you build an app on top of that and you don't want to spin up separate storage and build an API, you have an ability to store a little bit of additional info on directly on these objects through the Microsoft Graph, which is the API yep. for Microsoft 365. Yeah, really, really cool. Thank you for the clarifying that. Uh, then uh, Christine, uh, she was the visitor uh, for the show today. Uh, so we wanted to basically, even though the video is a bit older than actually from last week, but still it's fresh enough. Um, and we talked about- We haven't uh, talked about uh, it yet. Exactly. Let's say it that way. We talked about the SVG innovation and all of that. And this is a video where she actually shows um, how to make these things happen um, and clarifies how, how to implement beautiful looking power apps and, and custom com controls. Um, I'm trying to get to the to get to the animation and here we go so these are good example of animation svg animations um, and it, the animation is being established by updating the svg because svg is actually a text file which is like wait what it's not an image it is an image as well so it's actually yes. kind of interesting it's both um and then uh shane um shane has a uh, new puppy uh, and He's always using uh, the docs as a storyline, but this is really about end-to-end -end creating a puppy tracker application, but starting from scratch, building that and, and doing from zero to hero uh, application within the power app. So really, really cool story. Um, and it has a big, 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 uh, obviously, importance as well. It's a puppy tracker app in power. Uh, and then the last thing what we wanted to actually call out, uh, of course, it's upcoming events. Uh, so there's a lot of, lot of community events. Um, as part of Ignite announcements, we announced the community days um, location, uh, communitydays.org. And from here, we can uh, find all of the different Microsoft 365 or Power Platform related events which are coming worldwide. If you are a event organizer, you can just uh, create an event or register in here and add your event available. Um, and if you are an attendee or a speaker, yeah, from here you can find all of the different upcoming events. There's a lot of, lot of events, again, happening within upcoming uh, month 
So just a quick teaser in here. Uh, we can see that in November, between November 2nd and November 9th, that's one <laughs> week, there's just multiple, multiple events happening all around the world uh, in different locations. So a lot of opportunities to learn how to get started or advance your skills and, and so on. So a lot of, lot of different options available, which is cool. Now, some of them are virtual, some of them are in-person. Kuch, I guess that's it for now. Thank you, Christine. Any any last words? Yes, exactly. Like me and probably the audience too is wondering, what are you next to? Up? What are you up next to? Wow. English hardest. Yoda here. Yeah, totally. I was like, totally <laughs> brain, brain farted in that one. <laughs> I was like, which, where do I put which word? I know what I want to say. How do I go there? Yeah, so what is on your plate for this week, in our words? Oh, um, oh, stuff. Oh, stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I really feel like I, I'm the central cleaning, not cleaning point, but it, it's just there's so many things which, which, where we're contributing. But uh, SharePoint Framework 1.16 beta comes out tomorrow, today, as, the, as this is getting released, so 25th of October. Um, and then we're looking into getting GTA out in upcoming Any TLDR, what people can expect, or is it still... Uh, it's TBD? basically, no, 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 it's all known. Uh, it's 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 the same stuff which was in the previous build, um, but the primary thing is the Microsoft Teams uh, JavaScript SDK v2 integration with typings. So you can actually say within the code that, hey, am I now in Outlook? Oh, I'm in Outlook, so therefore I can do other things. Uh, oh, am I now in Teams? I can do other things. So the Teams just JavaScript SDK v2 is now properly integrated um, inside of a SharePoint framework, which is cool. Um, and then the, the web part toolbar buttons. There's a new way of doing buttons when you're mm. editing a web part. So That's cool. it's kind of a cool thing. Um, but other than that, uh, Videos, videos, stuff. There's just a gajillion things. Um, <laughs> we'll see how many of them I will get to do this week and how many. <laughs> I think last week we had few, let's say, urgent. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, you can always kind of, I'm going to do this and this and this and this, and then something happens, and then you're not doing that, that, that. Well, maybe you'll get something done in there, and then it falls on the following week. So well, it's unfortunate. Just, it's not a no, it's a not yet. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, but a lot of stuff uh, for, and guidance and videos and tutorials and updates and a lot of stuff in the pipeline. What about you? Anything interesting? Holy! Last week I got a chance to hack a little on a a new cool scenario based on Microsoft Graph and Microsoft 365, and we actually planned a demo that I will show on a community call on November the first. Remember, remember. Is, yes. Exactly. And now we know why, right? So <laughs> join us on Tuesday, November the 1st for half an hour, hour. Hour? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Because if you're looking, if you're watching this in December 2022, you might need to find the recording back. Anyway, yes. right? So watch us show you a cool um, scenario based on Microsoft Graph and Microsoft 365. Um, to give you a sneak peek, uh, it's going to be about finding a meeting time for multiple attendees um, who are on Microsoft 365. So kind of the same ability that you can do in Outlook, but imagine yeah. that you wanted to, again, integrate that in your uh, work app. Oh, no, right? How That's would you go cool. about it, right? Cool. So we will uh, go about that. So I took some time to hack around on that. Uh, last week also, there were some planning 
meetings done. So I am still uh, to catch up on these because they were in on my evening and I prioritize well-being over being late behind the screen. So I didn't do that. I didn't join them in person, but that means I have the, hom the homework to do on that. Uh, what's more, more content, more learning con content to create for the Microsoft Graph. And then on the community side, we're in the last week of October, meaning we are closing on the next release of CLI for Microsoft 365. So we are, on one hand, we're wrapping up. On the other hand, uh, October is the Hectoberfest, right? So we, as typically the way we go about it is that we try to not to uh, merge any new PRs towards the last week of the month, because that would mean that, well, maybe we merged something too, a little bit too excited and we missed a bug that we then introduced in a version and then we need to patch it. So typically we don't do it. On the other hand, we want to really recognize everybody and we that that's really a cool thing. Over the last three weeks of October, we got so many extra uh, PRs and it's really cool to see, you know, the energy that, that everyone has in community to really try to do a little bit more and help to to get to be recognized even more for all yep. of the work that they do. So the release that we are about to ship is massive. There are so many improvements that range from small things to some bigger things and new commands too. So we're working on that, uh, working on a release, wrapping things up, and still we have a lot of PRs to go through. So thank you, thank you, thank you everybody for all of the work that, that you have done. Absolutely, absolutely. So really, really cool. Good. Um, I guess that's it for this one. So thank you, Christine, uh, one more time uh, joining us. Really, really cool discussion. We'll catch you back on the show uh, after a while for sure. Um, we need to follow up on this promises of getting people back in the show. At some yeah, point. we need to get back. Like, who have we exactly <laughs> promised to get them back on the show? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, and depending on your chosen media, uh, hashtag PMP Weekly is the way of tacking things in Twitter. And please, if, if there's ideas, suggestions, feedback, let us know. We're here for you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Walde. Thank you.